Today in business from Wired. The Science of Scaling, hosted by Mark Roberge, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark Roberge, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO, senior lecturer at Harvard Business School and co-founder of Stage 2 Capital, sits down with the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling your company's growth. I like the episode with the founder of Aircall on how to go from handling your own sales to scaling a sales team. It has great advice for entrepreneurs. Listen to The Science of Scaling wherever you get your podcasts. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Today in business from Wired. As Kazakhstan descends into chaos, crypto miners are at a loss. The Central Asian country became number two in the world for Bitcoin mining. But political turmoil and power cuts have hit hard, and the future looks bleak. By Gian M. Vopicelli. When Denis Rusinovich set up cryptocurrency mining company Maverick Group in Kazakhstan in 2017, he thought he had hit the jackpot. Next door to China and Russia, the country had everything a Bitcoin miner could ask for. A cold climate, legions of old warehouses and factories where the mining rings could be installed, and, especially, dirt-cheap energy to power the electricity-guzzling process through which cryptocurrency is minted. That was a good opportunity, Rusinovich says. When China outlawed cryptocurrency mining overnight last June, many miners based in the country, which at the time made up between 60 and 70 percent of Bitcoin's mining network, made the same call and hastily relocated to Kazakhstan, bringing to the country as many as 87,849 mining machines, according to a Financial Times estimate. Less than a year later, the initial buzz is history. Miners are now being confronted with frozen machines, popular unrest, and Russian troops roaming across the country. And leaving is not an option. Last week, chaos engulfed Kazakhstan as protests in the south of the country over a spike in fuel prices resulted in police repression, the removal of former President Nursultan Nazarbayev from his role as head of the Security Council, and an internet shutdown. Russian-led troops acting under the orders of the CSTO, a military alliance of post-Soviet states, were deployed to the country. The shutdown's impact on crypto mining was evident. The Bitcoin network lost 12% of its hash rate. Yaren Melarud, an analyst at cryptocurrency insights company Arcane Research, estimates that the shutdown alone, which added up to about 100 hours without nationwide connectivity over six days, might have cost Kazakh miners around $20 million, or $4.8 million for every 24 hours with no internet. For many miners, that was just the latest in a series of unfortunate circumstances that had dogged their operations for months. Those tempted to relocate to the country for its low energy prices had found that its aging power grid was not prepared to handle the sudden influx of miners, which caused a spike in the consumption of energy. The government said mining accounts for 8% of the country's capacity. Grappling with blackouts and power cuts, in October 2021, the government announced it would start rationing power supply to registered miners and unplug them if the grid came under any stress. This means that, at best, 
Cryptocurrency mining farms stop working during peak hours when the general population turns on the heating due to the inclement weather. From 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., the power providers sometimes cut off electricity to our mining farms, says Didar Beckbalv, founder of mining co-location company Zive. That is definitely a problem. Hopefully, when the winter season ends in March, we will be all right. But in other cases, Rusinovich says it was no operation at all. That is not only a problem in terms of lost gains. Rusinovich says miners lost tens of millions of dollars a month due to the power cuts. And Beckbalov says his mines are just about breaking even. But the weather presents an additional risk during shutdowns because condensation instantly freezes on mining machines in Kazakhstan's sub-zero climate, potentially damaging the hardware. If the machinery is instantly shut down, if it's cold, it freezes solid, he says. To guard that frozen stock during the protests, many miners decided to spend money on extra security, says Alan Dorjiev, president of Kazakhstan's National Association of Blockchain and Data Centers Industry. I talked to all the mining sector owners, and they said that they have increased the security for the mining facilities because the equipment is quite expensive, he says. That, he says, was despite the fact that most mining farms are located in the energy-rich north of the country, far from turmoil. So why are they still there? The answer is, brutally, that they are stuck. All the other major countries that have cryptocurrency mining infrastructures, including Russia, Canada, and the U.S., are grappling with an acute shortage of adequate facilities. It could not be any worse, just there's no space, there's no capacity, says Alex Brammer, vice president of business development at mining company Luxor Tech. The largest American publicly traded mining companies are having significant problems getting their miners plugged in at any time within the next three to six months. Someone coming out of Kazakhstan who doesn't already have a groundwork of relationships built up in their target jurisdiction will find it pretty close to impossible, Brammer says. Sam Doctor, head of research at digital asset brokerage and research company BitUda, says the average waiting times to set up a new mining facility from scratch have skyrocketed to 24 months amid increasing demand and a cryptocurrency price rally. Even if that were taken care of, Kazakh miners, especially those previously based in China, will need to buy different types of energy transformers in order to be able to operate in the U.S. And waiting times for transformers are now around 6 to 12 months, Doctor says. Even if they do manage to move, miners worry that it might not be worth it. Beckbalv says that shipping mining rigs to the U.S. from Kazakhstan, for example, would take over two weeks, and the journey might actually end up damaging the devices. When you're transporting used machines, they're more vulnerable to damage, he says. Apart from the hefty shipping costs, moving the machines to the U.S. would require a company to shell out enough money to pay for Kazakhstan's export tax of 12%, on the machine's value, and for the 27.6% Trump tariff on Chinese goods, given that most mining machines are made in China. Russia is a more affordable option, but Beckbauf says it suffers from the same shortage of mining infrastructure as the U.S. That's why we try to remain in Kazakhstan, he says. Rusinovich similarly has no plans to move his machines just yet, worried that due to the current political tensions, traveling across and out of the country would become much more challenging. Even going to bordering Russia will likely be affected. Can you imagine the customs process nowadays, he says? The Kazakh government is so worried they'll be checking every single shipment. Extra checks can cause even more costly delays to those determined to leave. For the time being, it is actually wait and see, Rusinovich says. 
That is not to say that nothing will change. Mining company Bitfufu packed up in December 2021, and Dorjiev claims that another three companies followed suit, but did not name them. Luxor's Brammer has heard from another unnamed Kazakhstan-based company looking to relocate in the wake of the past few days' events. But an exodus, this is not. We would have expected at least something similar to what happened when they announced the China ban, where our phones are just ringing off the hook. And we haven't seen that yet out of Kazakhstan, Brammer says. That would be quite a dramatic reversal of fortune for a country that just a couple of months ago was in the top three of global crypto mining powers. And some people, in fact, remain optimistic that this has just been a rough patch for Kazakhstan. Dorjiev, the trade associate president, says the government's plan to better regulate the country's cryptocurrency mining sector while uprooting unregistered mining operations will bring more stability and clarity to the industry, even if he fears that the ongoing crisis might distract the government from moving forward with the plan. Beckbauf says the government has promised to increase the country's energy generation capacity and that cryptocurrency mining companies themselves might play a role in helping the country meet the required production levels. We are looking for energy projects to invest money in, he says. We are looking for opportunities to build some wind power stations or hydropower stations and see what can be done in Kazakhstan. The real impact is going to be felt in the long run. Rusinovich says he has fully reassessed any new investment in Kazakhstan. As we speak on the phone, Bekbaov is in the U.S. researching the market for new locations. Kazakhstan is not where the future is, Bituda's doctor says. Once, if the internal situation stabilizes and the lack of mining facilities becomes less dramatic, it is quite possible that some of Kazakhstan's miners will come unstuck and move elsewhere. But there is also a possibility that those machines will just remain there, quietly humming till the end of their life cycle, never to be replaced once they have stopped functioning. So there may be a mining graveyard that emerges in Kazakhstan for some of the older generation machines, says Brammer. You know like Soviet bunkers full of uranium and old ASICs. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.